sometimes I wonder why I spent the lonely Welcome to Subtle Beast, everybody. I am your host, Foltz. With me, as always, my brother from another mother and co-host, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. How are you, brother? I am amazing, Foltz. How are you, man? Oh, I can't complain. Uh, I feel good. I'm glad to be putting out this episode because this is extremely interesting. Um, We're going to be talking about... um, genetically engineering human beings tonight now we did a podcast in the in the past where we touched on it a little bit um but this goes a lot more into depth not um not only what the procedure could be like but the moral aspects of it should it be done should it not be done that i think is like the crux of the thing is when you get to a certain level of medical science and you can do something does that mean you should do something? And it's it's in debates going on right now as far as like artificial intelligence is happening. Uh, everyone's wondering, well, should we do it because it would make life a lot easier? Or are we afraid that when it reaches uh, singularity uh, that uh, they're going to take over? It does make you dumber. It's happening already when... I see AI uh, suggests something to me, and I accept it. I thought, I think often, boy, I had nothing to do with that, and it automatically just did the best thing for me. Yeah, I mean, it happens on a uh, social media. I mean, when you see, say, you're you're scrolling past an ad, if you stay on that ad, looking at it longer than you look at like any other posts, it's gonna keep coming up in you. Up in your uh, up in your feeds, it's crazy. It's just like okay, he was looking at that for three seconds. Normally, he looks at each post for one point two seconds. Crazy algorithms that are learning our behavior. But <clears throat> what if there was a way that we could not only learn pe- people's behavior, but we could actually maybe change it? And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And we're just going to get right into it. So, like I said, we're going to be talking about the pros and cons of genetically engineering humans. Now, today, there's a lot of fear and anxiety around the prospect of genetically modified human beings. Yet, it's increasingly looking like this will become more commonplace in the coming decades. Now, over the past year, scientists had the opportunity to speak with members of not only the scientific, but business communities working on genetic engineering. It was discussed with them how this technology could evolve and what some of the potential benefits and risks are to society. Now, why should we care about genetic engineering? Well, it could help eliminate hundreds of diseases. It could eliminate many forms of pain and anxiety. It could increase intelligence and longevity. It could change the scale of human happiness and productivity by many orders of magnitude. There are only a handful of areas of research in the world with this much potential. Now, I tend to think if if that was it in a nutshell right there, I'm all for it. Right. It's a go. It's a go because, I mean, anybody would want to rid themselves of pain and anxiety. I've got both, and I know I want them both gone. But it's never that easy. Never. Now, zooming out, 
Genetic engineering could be viewed as a historical event on par with the Cambrian explosion and how it changed the pace of evolution. When most people think of evolution, they're thinking about biological evolution through natural selection. But this is just one form. Over time, it would likely be superseded by other forms of evolution that act much more quickly. And what are some of these? The candidates in our minds are artificial intelligence or synthetic life breeding and mutating at a rapid rate, biological life with gen genetic engineering being used to take a more directive approach, and some merge hybrid of the two. Instead of waiting hundreds and thousands of years for beneficial mutations to show up as in natural selection, we could start to see beneficial changes every year. And that would be mind-blowing. It would be massive and um, drastic, um, but with you know potential for haphazard and pitfalls. Yeah. Now, how far in the future will it be? We don't know. But it's important to disentangle whether we think something will happen from whether we think it should happen. And many people are uncomfortable with the idea of it happening. And this influences their prediction on how likely it is to happen. Now, consider where we are today. Humans have been, been genetically engineering organisms for thousands of years using selective breeding as opposed to natural selection. Starting in the 70s, humans started modifying the DNA directly of plants and animals, creating GMO foods and etc. Today, half a million babies are born each year using in vitro fertilization. Increasingly, this includes sequencing the embryos to screen them for disease and bringing the most viable embryo to term a form of genetic engineering without actually making edits. Steve, you have experience with this. We do. Uh, when we were having Jackson, um, we took my wife down to Chapel Hill down in North Carolina, uh, the Pyramid of Knowledge, and we had her tubes untied and for a year. we Afterwards, and it was great. Dr. Monteith, thank you very much. Um, he gave us a really great review of her uh, physical health at the time. He said that we were between 75 and 85% likely to have a baby based upon the surgery that he did. And just like any uh, normal human or American, we were impatient. And after a year of trying, uh, we started to explore other options. And IVF was one of them. So we went to the IVF clinic and the lady... Um, really left a negative impact on us. She gave us a spiel about after a year of not being able to have the baby after the uh, tubal ligation was reversed, that the chances were about 3% for us to conceive naturally and that we should probably go ahead with the IVF. It's about $17,500 at the time for each round. So if it didn't take on the first round, you're in again, you're at like thirty-five grand, just for the chance to have a baby. Um, I noticed the presentation wasn't very fitting towards my wife. It was a generic presentation, seemed like kind of fear-mongering that this lady was doing to everyone, kind of taking advantage of these people and giving them hope where they may have lost hope. So I had a really nice, frank conversation with my wife. I told her that I thought the IVF lady was full of crap and that we should continue trying. So we did. We tried a little bit longer and we had Jackson naturally. But that IVF, I mean, it's good. For some people, and a lot of the people that do it end up getting twins, which is a way of, you know, 
genetically altering society by putting these eggs in people and instead of them having a baby they have twins or triplets there's a high rate of triplets there as well yeah so the ivf situation for us was negative but i know that it helps a lot of people and i think that they uh do a great job with the sequencing to get rid of the diseases you can help not have certain diseases like down syndrome and breed them out of our genetics so I, I like what it is as far as medical science goes. I did not like our particular experience with it. Yeah, because it sounded like that doctor, instead of a diagnosis, was giving you a sales pitch. Exactly. Aye, aye, aye. Now, uh, the first created gen- genetically modified baby was in China in 2018, and it was created by He Jiankou. They put him in jail. Yeah. In 2019, a number of FDA-approval clinic trials for gene therapies have begun. So, genetic engineering is already happening on humans today. Now, with the creation of CRISPR and similar techniques, we've seen an explosion in research around making actual edits to DNA. And we recommend reading Jennifer Doudna and Samuel Sternberg's book, A Crack in Creation, for a great overview on this topic. Now, if it has the potential to eradicate many diseases and minimize human suffering, we think we should continue research with it, with the caution and prudence that it deserves. Some will say that every child has the right to remain genetically unmodified, and others will say that every child has the right to be born free of preventable diseases. We make many decisions on the behalf of children to try and help them have a better life, and I don't see why this would be any exception. Now, what I, oh, I see a problem with, uh, just from a moral standpoint on that, I think there's going to be a clash with... Um, with religion and um, and this technology because and there's nothing wrong with that I mean everybody has their beliefs and whatever they believe in they're gonna think well uh, we want our child to be born of of, of God or, or whatever uh, whatever religion you are and what you worship and that's fine and there is no right or wrong answer but I think it's gonna come down to kind of that kind of battle I also think that genetically altered children will at some point um, go back and become combative towards their parents and say, hey, it's unfair that you picked out that I have blue eyes. I didn't get to make that decision. I could have wanted green or brown eyes. Right. And I think it'll come back with them. But the answer to that would be then put brown eyes in your kid. Yeah. I I think that I think where the the strongest hold is going to be is going to be on preventable diseases and autoimmune diseases because myself I have an autoimmune disease and I'll tell you what if they had the technology back before I was born and they had said oh your son's going to experience this AI disease and my mom knew that her dad had it they would have definitely taken it out and I don't think anybody could argue with be like well I needed that pain. I wanted that pain. Let me tell you something. You don't. So. I agree. Disease is definitely the forerunner for that entire industry. Now, many new medical treatments have similar ethical issues as they are being developed. Typically, new drugs are tested on mice and terminally ill patients, then slowly wider sets of people. They go through FDA trials for safety and efficiency. There is a well-established path to test new therapies. Genetic engineering may have more potential, both for good and for harm, than most new medical treatments, but this doesn't mean that a similar process can't be followed. The American National Academy of Science and National Academy of Medicine 
also gave qualified support to human genome editing in 2017. Once answers have been found to safety and efficiency problems, but only for serious conditions under stringent oversight. As for designer babies, people use this term meaning choosing traits like height or eye color that are not related to health. We do think some parents will want to choose these attributes like these, but this isn't where most of the potential benefits come from. Finally, it won't just be babies. Adults will be genetically modified at some point as well. And how amazing would that be? Again, not to beat a dead horse, but if this was available and they'd be like, hey, come on in and uh, get this procedure done and you will no longer have this disease. I'd be in a sleeping bag out front. Imagine if they they were able to do the procedure. It wouldn't be an overnight success. They would genetically right. alter you and you would have to grow that genetics out and then eventually it would take over and you would not have that pain anymore. You wouldn't have that disease anymore. But it wouldn't be like you go in, then that afternoon you don't have the disease anymore. It would just be like they go in, make the changes to whatever DNA or genetics that you have that need to be changed, and then as you grow, you will grow differently. They could actually make it like if you were, uh, if you suffered from being short, uh, like myself, and they changed your genetics to have you grow again, it could reboot the body into thinking that it's now time to grow again. Like human growth hormone. And grow you another foot if you wanted it. They could do anything, really. Yeah. But you know what? Over time, like in the, in the far distant future, it'll probably be something like um, like the auto dock on passengers. You get in that, it scans you, fixes you, done. So, Steve, you want to take us into this next part? Oh, man, I'd love to. Think about surgery. 300 years ago, it must have seemed quite strange to play God and cut open a human body. Surgery was also incredibly risky and a crude process. You know, someone's arm or leg might be amputated on a battlefield in an attempt to save their life, for instance. Over time, surgery became much safer, and we started using it in less life-threatening situations. Today, people undergo purely elective or even cosmetic surgery. The same thing will likely be true with genetic engineering. It may start off being used only in dire situations where people have no other options, but eventually it could become safe enough where people genetically modify themselves for purely cosmetic reasons, for example, to change their hair color. In my view, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. People wanting to change, improve, or heal their own bodies, even if some uses are more urgent than others, and everyone should make these decisions for themselves. I think that, uh, I think a lot of people would opt for that. Like, if you could have the option to have genetically modify so that as you age, you don't get gray hair, gosh, that would put eventually the hair dye uh, conglomerate out out of uh, out of work. Imagine seeing somebody that you haven't seen in twenty years, because that happens to us now. Yeah, but they have blonde hair, uh, different shaped nose, kind of maybe higher cheekbones, just different genetics. And they introduce themselves, and they're like, "Hey, we went to high school together." And you're like, "Man, I can't place you." And they're like, "I've had a lot of genetically changed things." So, y- you probably remember me like this. They carry around an old picture. <laughs> So there, there is a misconception that the first edits made in humans will be totally unpredictable. There are some genes that 1 in 10 people on Earth have. That makes them healthier in some way. It will be safer than many people think to introduce this gene into someone who 
doesn't have it, since it can be widely studied in, in the existing population. Most new drugs are introduced into the market with just hundreds or thousands of people who have taken it during a trial period. And this is, this is, this is a sufficient bar to demonstrate safety. So a gene that billion people in the world already have could potentially be far safer than any new drug that has ever come to market. In addition, new therapies are often tested on terminally ill people who have no other option. So healthy people likely wouldn't be the initial market. This doesn't mean that there can't be other risks in the procedure, but the idea that an edit to a human genome would have an entirely unpredictable results is false. So, I mean, but I think, I think another uh, way to think of it, so if you get genetically modified, then it would be impossible then, let's say you and your spouse were both genetically modified that you don't get cancer. Well, then you would never be able to pass that on. So anybody in your lineage... Well, I guess that's not necessarily true because you'd always have to have matching with the spouse. You know, like I could say one of my my kids wouldn't carry it, but if they got married and they married somebody who didn't genetically modify, then there could be a chance. Right. They would have to genetically modify before they reproduced. Right. So diseases exist on a spectrum from having a single gene culprit to having many thousands of risk variants, which increase or decrease susceptibility to environmental factors. A growing body of research is advancing from uncovering those monogenic single gene causes of diseases to uncovering the causes of more complex polygenic diseases. Results are improving quickly as a consequence of larger data sets, cheaper sequencing, and the use of machine learning. Even in a world where only simple gene edits were possible, a lot of human suffering could be eliminated. For instance, Verve is developing gene therapies to make heart disease one of the leading causes of death in the world less prevalent with relatively small edits. But other conditions like depression or diabetes don't seem to be caused by a single gene or even a handful of genes. Luckily, machine learning and techniques like deep learning are well suited to solving complex multivariate problems with polygenic risk scoring and machine learning is improving at an incredible rate. Companies like the Genomic Prediction have started offering polyogenic risk scores to expecting parents. In addition, the data sets of sequenced genomes keep getting larger. Some have over a million sequenced genomes at this point, which will improve the accuracy of the machine learning modules over, models over time. Well, that just goes to show, I mean, that almost goes hand in hand with almost AI. Because, you know, they're saying that they're going to bring these these machines involved. Well, eventually it'll be some artificial intelligence. Again, I'm going to go back to the auto dock because that's what that was. And these machines will just be like, okay, this is what's wrong with you. And this is how we're going to diagnose. We need to remove this. And just done with, at first, make me an, ex, uh, you know, extensive surgery to the point where it's just like a beam of light in the far future. Well, that's the thing. The future is never written. So you could have the auto doc, you could have the machine learning, and the machine could say, at this point, the way you stand here today, you will die of a heart attack within the next 17 years. And that could be true. But what they can also do is go in, change that valve or whatever part of your heart 
the artery is uh, defective or is uh, weak, strengthen it, and then all of a sudden you would need a new analysis, and the new analysis would say now that that is fixed, you will die in 23 years of a stroke. And then they go in, they fix that part of your brain where the, the blood bleed would be, and then you go back, you get another analysis, and it says now, you know, you can just keep going through. Until it's like, your life expectancy is 109 years old. That's great. That's yeah. that's where humanity could be with these edits. Definitely. Go take this next part. It's awesome. Okay, so we're at um, environmental? Yeah. Yep, there are many environmental and lifestyle factors to consider, in addition to genetics. The lifestyle nurture components are hard challenges in their own right, but thankfully we have some amount of control over them. For instance, we can eat healthier food, we can go on walks or exercise, but in contrast, we have very little control of our own genetics today. Most people take it as a given that they can never change their genes, which is actually quite sad if you think about it. It feels terrible to be stuck in any situation where you're powerless to change it. Imagine a person who continually struggles over their weight. No matter how much they focus on exercise and diet, comparing themselves to people who seem to eat whatever they want without gaining a pound. Nature can be very cruel to us, and genes can create an uneven playing field in life. Genetic engineering may not be the whole solution, but it would certainly unlock a big piece of it. I like it. Now, let's see. Genetic engineering will start by being focused on disease prevention because it's the most socially acceptable form of it at the moment. But for instance, if you have a gene that creates low bone density, making you predisposed to osteoporosis, and you correct this with genetic engineering, are your stronger bones preventing disease or are they an enhancement, enabling you to play sports and lift heavy things? The answer is both. There are many blurry lines like this. To me, and us, the goal is to improve the human condition. So the distinction between preventing bad outcomes and creating good outcomes is less relevant. Now, in addition, it is worth noting that we do things all the time today to enhance the human body. We wear running shoes, putting on sunblock, corrective lenses, and even and when we do these things to enhance ourselves genetically today, like choosing who to have children with, or couples who do IVF screening. Genetic enhancement may be scary to some people today, but we think this is mainly just because it's new. Over time, it could be considered as normal as getting LASIK surgery to fix your eyesight. Again, Steve. Well, LASIK surgery uh, seemed like a <sighs> dangerous thing to do when it came out. They had to uh, make a cut on your eye and then fold the flap of skin down. Oh, they had to shoot laser beams directly into your eyes, uh, cauterize the outside of the eye to make it more circular. Well, it's changed. The science behind it has gotten better. Now they don't need to make an incision with a scalpel. They can make a laser incision and you can be up in less than 10 minutes. That surgery takes now five to seven minutes to complete. You go for a nap afterwards, you can go back to work the next day. I know this because I've had it done. And you could see better the next day. I could see perfect the next day. Wow. It was amazing. I walked into a warehouse. I looked across the warehouse at the wall, and I could read the numbers on the wall. I It felt like I had eagle vision compared to waking up without my glasses on 
and then waking up the next day and being able to see the clock completely clearly. So I suggest LASIK surgery. It's uh, I just had my restriction taken off my driver's license. I had lenses, a lens restri- restriction where if I got pulled over, uh, the officer could um, request to see my lenses. If I had contact lenses, he would look inside my eye to make sure they were on in order to drive the vehicle. So when I went back to the DMV just yesterday, they gave me the eye test again. I passed with flying colors and had the restriction lifted from my driver's license. That's a form of engineering. It may not be genetic engineering, but it is an enhancement. But it's 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 on the road to being that. Exactly. But it's almost like what we said in reverse here. Right now, it's machines in well basically human beings with tools but eventually it'll just be a snip out of the old dna chain maybe yep now there's some genes like those which increase your risk of heart disease which most people will want to eliminate so in that sense there might be less genetic diversity but we don't think that this will be an overwhelming trend for two reasons The first is that there is great variety in human preferences, in what is considered beautiful, for instance. And the second is that many people have a desire to stand out and be unique. If it becomes cheap and ubiquitous to become some definition of beautiful, then it will no longer hold the same cachet, and preferences will evolve. Just like in fashion, when you can be whoever you want, we think we'll actually see much greater diversity, not less. And I mean, that couldn't be further from the truth as, as we believe because if you can choose whatever be like okay well i want to be able to genetically modify me with the genetics of let's say a, a chameleon so that you can blend in with your surroundings and someone would be like yo where's steve and then you pop out from the wall and be like, yeah pretty here the whole time people are doing uh that exact scenario now with these extreme piercings and uh, implants, yeah, they do these implants where you can make like a little point on your forehead. There's so much you can do with these implants. Uh, you can slice your tongue so that it grows to be and look like a snake's tongue. Uh, the tattooing people are going way, you know, to the umpteenth level with tattooing just so that they can be different and look different than a normal person. So I I believe in what they're saying here because if everybody was that normal person or that picture of beauty, it would lose its appeal to want to be that way. So it'd be like, so uh, who who are you dating these days? Well, she's a cougar person. You know, you know, the people that like to uh, have the cougar spots and she's got paws. (laughs) She's got paws and, you know, she purrs. (laughs) Steve, take us away. All right, so this is the glimpse right here. Yeah. You can see a glimpse of what this might look like in video games today, where people can create their own avatar. And it's just, and it goes beyond video games. Now on your iPhone, you can create your own avatar. And they are very much lifelike. They're pretty close. You can make them look a lot like you. When people can be whatever character they want to be, the range of expression is much greater than in real life. Genetic engineering could also help same-sex couples have genetically related children, which would be beautiful. Imagine that. You have uh, two moms, and the genetics from both moms are in the baby. What more could you want? It's a win-win. And it could even lead to children which are the product of more than two people. Imagine a child that is a product of 10 people or even 100 people. That would be crazy. I think it would be. I think you would get the good points of a lot of them. 
if they were genetically altered beforehand, you would get a lot of good points, a lot of strengths. Um, but with all of that, you know, that comes the downfalls with it. I think it would be kind of dangerous and maybe a little weird for that child. They would lose part of their identity having ten dads. Well, not only that, if you're gonna if you're gonna mix an embryo with with a hundred different people, then you would have to hope that all hundred of those people are genetically modified to the perfect specifics, and. I, I, I don't know what the outcome of that would be. Like, what do you do? Like the, the hundred smartest people in the world, you have access to that DNA. I would think you'd do like a, a range. Like you would have a bunch of smart people, a bunch of really healthy people, a bunch of tall people, you know, you make it how you want it. And uh, you could probably eventually you're going to have like 12 year olds, 12 years old will be like the average of graduating from college. Yeah. With that much intelligence. Yep. All right. So finally, we may see people change themselves in ways that can't occur naturally today, like web fingers, scales, night vision like a cat. If we are truly able to master genetic engineering over the coming century, there will be many beautiful new forms of individual expression that we can't even imagine today. The very idea of what it means to be human will change. Many great entrepreneurs and artists have ADHD, autism, depression, schizophrenia, and other conditions which people may want to eliminate with genetic engineering. In this world, wouldn't these qualities be eliminated in the name of conformity and risk aversion? Well, it can be looked at a lot of ways. I mean, uh, I've had um, uh, ADHD. It's, as an adult, it's more just attention deficit you know, because I'm not hyper. But uh, it's not something that I would I mean, so yeah, but here, but here begs the question. I would, I say that I, that I wouldn't want it changed, but if it was from birth, I wouldn't know a difference. So I guess that comes into the, the moral aspect again, because then if you think about people like Elon Musk, who has a form of autism and look how brilliant he is, uh, you know, it, it begs the question on, you know, whether you should or shouldn't, because a lot of, uh, there's a lot of doctors that, that have, uh, have grown up with ADHD. And I think that in my experience with having ADHD, when you find something that interests you, you delve into it and, 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 and you're all about it and you learn everything about it. So if someone wanted, was inspiring to be a medical doctor, you can imagine that that would, that, that would help them. But uh, let's see what parents are thinking. Parents aspire for their children to be all sorts of things in life. Artists, scientists, politicians, generals, religious leaders, entrepreneurs, and etc. These each might have some genetic traits in common and others that are very different. If it turned out that the best chance of becoming a successful artist was to start with a certain set of genes that included ADHD, we suspect many parents would still opt for this. Your point exactly. Yeah. Will we probably find ourselves in a world with a far more brilliant outliers if parents can get a genetic head start on raising the next Picasso or Einstein? Other parents will opt for balance. There's no right or wrong answer, just preferences. Now finally, just because we see examples doesn't mean that this needs to be the case in the future. Brilliant people are often quote-unquote spiky, outliers in a few areas with severe deficiencies in others. But in a world where genetic engineering is mastered, there may be with all the with all the upside and more with little or none of the downside. So there's no guarantee the two need to be linked. There, I always say genius comes with a penalty. 
you know, I'm a genius in certain aspects, but that also means that there are other aspects with a detriment that are attached to that. So, well, yeah, going back to Elon Musk in an interview, he said one time he would never wish his mind on anybody because he's constantly thinking. And he thought that when he was a child, that something was really wrong with him. And he referenced this day he was on the playground and he's looking around at all these kids playing games that kids do. And he's thinking to himself, do all these other kids constantly have ideas and inventions running through their mind? Well, the answer was no, which makes him so unique and why he's the richest person in the world today. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now, Steve, will this lead to modern day eugenics, do you think? I think we don't think so. Right. Historically, eugenics was defined by government and political groups trying to modify the gene pool through force. By contrast, gene therapies introduced in modern day will increase choices for individuals who can make their own decisions. When people can choose how they want to modify and heal themselves and their children, it will be liberating. I, I, well, I agree. There are people in the society who might try to abuse this technology, just like any technology. But as long as it's broadly available, we think this mitigates a lot of the risk. It's unlikely that one country or political group would have exclusive access to genetic engineering for very long. It's widely researched globally, with a lot of information exchanged between groups, both formally and informally. Someday, genetic engineering may even take, make it possible to create people who are more tolerant and accepting of others around them. That'd be great, huh? That would be amazing. Tribalism is a part of our evolution, and it may have a genetic component. Even children exhibit this quality from a very young age. How interesting would it be if people were able to change on this dimension genetically? We don't know how to do this yet, but it could be a possibility in the future. And I love it. I love it to be more tolerant. Oh, gosh. To, I mean, to think back to, you know, when I was young and, and just having children, to be able to be more tolerant and patient in the moment uh, is something that I think about now as I'm older. But, of course, you know, you mellow and you understand better. But, yeah, some regrets there. I would definitely love, love to have been more tolerant uh, when my kids growing up. Not that I was crazy, but just like any other parent, you're not necessarily always living in the moment and enjoying it. You're like, i got to get through this day. And things of that nature, but well, with that tribalism comment, it seems like that would eliminate that feeling of I'm an outcast. Yeah, I don't belong. That feeling of loneliness, um, which maybe some people it will go through their whole lives and never feel it, but some people go through their lives and only feel it. They they don't feel like they're part of the group. So I think what they're saying is, if they could soften that through genetics, then more people would feel like they belong. And or it might eliminate the 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 negative aspects of uh, of being alone and not around people to the point where you're always by yourself, but you love it. Yeah. Yeah. So this begs the question, won't this create a world of haves and have nots? And what if it's only available to rich people? Just like many technologies, genetic engineering will almost certainly be available in developed countries first and it will be expensive. But this is not unique. Cell phones, airplanes, and even the basic sanitation are all unevenly distributed around the world. The beauty of technology is that it tends to drive down costs over time, so it eventually reaches a wider group of people. 
the cell phone was once a tool only for the rich on Wall Street and now is available to even the poorest people in the world. There's, there is an open question about whether genetic engineering will follow a cost curve that is more like technology, lower over time following Moore's law, or like healthcare rising over time following Eroom's law. But this has more to do with policy decisions than technology itself. The main point is that the high initial costs are not a good reason to prevent innovation from happening. If we took this approach, we likely wouldn't have any of the improvements we see in the world today. Now, I think that it definitely has um, the question of whether or not the cost curve will, will, will plateau or even lower. Because if you think about pharmaceutical drugs and the drug companies, when are they lowering the cost for you at all? If not, they're, they're, they're doing the, the complete opposite. Like when the, that one young, and I'm even going to say it, arrogant leader or uh, CEO of the pharmaceutical company went from charging, I don't know, I, I, it, it, it's a span of this greatness of like $30 a pill to it was like 700 or, or I think it was EpiPens made them skyrocket. And that's just not right because obviously a lot of people need them and the uh, they were just gouging all these thousands and thousands of people. It, that particular example is not right. But if you look at hypertension, high blood pressure, blood pressure pills are now widely available to the masses. So you can get your blood pressure taken care of for a relatively low cost, which could have eventually, you know, made a heart attack or stroke, but with the proper medication is now extending life uh, experience for some people drastically by many decades. So, well, and also what you put into your body as far as, as what you eat too, because a lot of times people have a heart attack and they'll say, Oh, well, you know, that was part of our family history. Well, it was part of your family history because like, like my background is, is Italian American, we all ate the same things. So it, you tend to, um, whether you're doing damage to your body or not. Uh, my grandfather was 63 years old when he died. My father was 63 years old when he died. So it's, uh, is it based upon you know just our family history or is it based upon how we're eating and what we're putting into our bodies? I'm not willing to only live like another 18 years. I mean, I, I changed my lifestyle. I've become completely vegan in the last three years. And uh, because something drastic needed to be done, uh, my brother and I both, when, when we would talk about it, we'd sit there like pretending we're biting on our fingernails because we're like, oh my gosh, what's the countdown? So we there is no magic pill at this time. So we thought, well, what, what can we do to... Uh, try and uh, have a longer lifespan and be with our family longer and, you know, becoming vegan, hopefully is the ticket. Honestly, the medical science wasn't there and the knowledge wasn't there in your grandfather's generation. Right. And I know that uh, my dad has had heart attacks, multiple heart attacks. The uh, education really wasn't there for them as younger men either. But now uh, the education and the information is out there, and it's really whether you choose to follow it. If you know that your family has a particular um, disease that's prevalent, you can act now to, to prevent that disease from having an onset in your life by changing what you put inside your body uh, in many different diseases as well. It's not 
it's not just with heart disease, but with uh, particular cancers and early detection. There's many things that you can do preventatively now to extend your life and to extend the uh, the greatest portion and part of your life, the the livelihood of your life for many years. But I think what people are doing sometimes is turning that blind eye. And they're not paying attention to the precursors. They're not getting their early detection. They're not uh, paying attention to their body and listening to what they should be doing and what they know they should be doing. They're doing the exact opposite. They're out there. They're eating fast food. They're treating their body like it's a playground. And you really can't expect to live long or change things in the future if that's what you're going to do. You need to have a little bit of discipline, a little bit of forthright thinking, and then you can actually change your genetics, change what's going on in your body so that you can hopefully change what's going on in your children's lives as well. I totally agree. Now, genetic engineering will offer advantages to those who can access it. This could create a less even playing field in some ways, but in other ways, it could actually make it more fair. Today, some people win the genetic lottery at birth while others lose, for instance, being prone to depression and a learning disability. If any child could start on a level playing field genetically, this feels like a more fair world. Finally, genetic modification can also take place in adult humans. So even if someone doesn't have access to it at birth, they may still be able to benefit from genetic engineering later in life. Gattaca misses the last point, implying that you will always be left behind if you weren't born into an elite group. Reality will probably afford more social mobility, with adults benefiting from new genetic engineering treatments as well. It's a very, it's a very entertaining film, nonetheless, and I suggest that anyone who is interested in the subject watch it, and we're referring to the, uh, the film Gattaca. Now, what if people tried to enhance traits like intelligence, Steve? Well, many people, and there are many intelligent people, exist in the world today. And at least the ethical ones don't seem to pose too much of a problem. So let's say we doubled the number of smart people in the world using IQ or whatever definition of smart you prefer through genetic engineering while keeping the percentage of ethical ones the same or greater. Or similarly, we could double the smartness of the existing people. Would that be a problem? Certainly some good things would happen. The pace of improvement in society would likely increase. For instance, with many more smart people, capable people, people solving the world's challenges, the biggest negative change might be that the rest of us feel a little left behind or bewildered by all the new progress in areas of research if we didn't similarly have our own intelligence increased. This boils down to the question of whether you think we should value overall growth in a society or one's relative place in it more highly. Each person could answer for themselves. So, it could be a mixed outcome, or very good, depending on your perspective. One thought in the experiment, if people want to become smarter, do we have the right to stop them? If it is by getting an education, most people would say no. If it is through genetic engineering, how is that even different? And see, I, and you can think about it in so many different ways. Like I think about it like people, like when we were saying, um, well, some people feel left behind or left out. Well, hopefully not because if we have genetic engineering to improve in people's intelligence to the, the peak of what it can be, 
then I would think that they would be smart enough then to have um, better ethics and, and more compassion. So then they would use that to be able to help the people that couldn't uh, get the genetic engineering live better lives so that it's not looked upon like, uh, well, those those nut jobs over there have the upper hand because they have that. No, those people are coming to help you. And then the people that don't have it are living good lives as well through the means of the intelligence and compassion of these genetically modified people. That's a great example. I've heard in other countries the way to uh, judge a society is to look at how they treat their prisoners, which is like the lowest of the low class. Right. And what you're saying is exactly the same. If you get a a class of elite thinkers or very smart people, they're going to treat the lowest of the people. And I'm not saying that prisoners by any means are low class. No. I'm just saying that that is something that I've heard uh, of a way to judge a society. But they're going to lift them up so that they can create a better lifestyle for themselves as well. So the society will gain as a whole through these intelligent and super smart people. Correct. Now... Should parents be able to choose the genes of their child? In general, we think yes, because parents choose all sorts of things that have a major impact on their children, what they eat, how they're educated, whether they're born at all, etc. As their guardian, this is a well-established concept in the law today, with guardians making major decisions for a child until they turn 18, or the equivalent age in each country. Once children come of age, they will likely take control of their genetic modification, just as they can make a decision to get a tattoo. It would be a shame if the genes that the parents chose for the children were fixed indefinitely into the future. As we discussed elsewhere, it's likely in the future that the genes can be modified in living people, not just embryos. So hopefully, children aren't stuck with their parents' genetic preference for life. In conclusion, imagine that you're an expecting parent. How much would you pay to have the peace of mind that your child will arrive healthy? Imagine we're an adult with a life-threatening disease. How much would you pay to receive a cure that required a genetic edit? The answer to these questions says a lot about how genetic engineering is likely to be adopted in the future. Today, it's widely considered to be an unconscionable to genetically modify humans. But we believe that within 20 years, we will see this view change dramatically to a point where it will be considered unconscionable not to genetically modify people in many cases. Genetic, genetic engineering is one of the highest potential areas of research today, and we believe we should continue to invest in it. And entrepreneurs should work hard to bring new products to market in this, plate, in space, in this space. Yes, it has risks, and we must proceed with caution. But many new technologies have risks, even life-threatening ones, and we eventually are able to use them to greatly benefit the world. We shouldn't let fear hold back progress on promising new areas of research. Very well said. I like it. So that's the debate. Um, I mean, it's coming. It's happening. It's going to be here. The question is, do we, do you accept it as an individual, as a society, as parents? The question is, who knows? Um, I have, I've had the discussion. Now, this doesn't have to do with genetics, but it, it has to do with like a way of thinking. And, and, and I'm not saying that one way of thinking is, is right or wrong. But I, I've heard discussions had with um, people that are um, pro-gun and, 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 against, and against guns. And I heard this guy ask this uh, mother one time, I know that you're against guns, but if somebody broke into your house 
and was about to, I know this sounds horrible, was about to kill your child, but there was a firearm within reaching distance. Would you grab it to use it to prevent your child's death? And if the answer is yes, then you're not against firearms. So it's basically saying, if it's going to help, if it can help, it's a tool that can help, in there, maybe we can eradicate the uh, prejudice of that and make people see the positives of certain tools in life, like genetic uh, engineering, modification, um, firearms as a tool. Um, but everybody has the right to their own choice and what they believe. Fultz, I think we should uh, give a sneak peek of an upcoming show here. Sure. Um, our next show that we're going to put out is going to kind of go hand in hand with this, like we were talking about. Can we change people's uh, way of thinking? Can we remove a certain behavior that could quite possibly be a hindrance uh, to the masses in the future? And there's some recent data that's just come out within the last couple months, um, some even uh, uh, this month, that uh, is, is, is game-changing in identifying certain disorders and uh what causes them and what people go through and can they be corrected i like it it is uh it's an interesting topic that we have coming up here and it's it's uh it goes along with the should we or should we not kind of thing here and uh when fultz and i were first having our discussion on it at the end of the discussion i said i wish we would have just recorded it that exact way right there yeah because exactly. it's something that you can go back and forth with um and listening to it might might provoke you a little bit but it, it could bring up some really good conversation and it's a really interesting topic so if you're a subtle beast fan stay tuned for our next episode and uh i think you're really gonna like it perfectly said and until next time I'm Foltz. And I'm Steve. And we'll see you next time. Take care of one another. Bye-bye.